You're listening to Parents You've Got This, the expert guide to parenthood. Your complete guide to pregnancy, birth, baby and parenting. Join us for the journey. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Mustella. Mustella is a natural origin skincare for babies and children, recommended by healthcare professionals. Mustella, by parents' side since 1950. When we become pregnant, we become hyper attuned to all the negative, scary birth stories around us. We turn on the TV and there's more images that can be quite distressing. We believe that all pregnant mamas deserve the right to have a really positive, empowered birth. Today we talk to our midwife and positive birth expert Narelle Soros all about how to make that dream a reality. Narelle is a midwife and a practicing Lamar's birth childbirth educator. She's also a mum of two and a postnatal and pregnancy baby massage expert. Thank you so much Narelle for joining us today. My pleasure. So Narelle let's chat all things labour and birth and we know part of the birthing process involves our hormones and it's one of your favorite topics. Can you talk to us about how our hormones play a role in birth? Well, hormones are everything. To start labor, to continue labor, to peak at birth, and then also to envelop mum and baby after the baby's born. So my favorite one is called oxytocin and that is your love hormone, your happiness hormone, your safe, private lovely hormone that has to actually be switched on in your body for labor to start and your beautiful baby when they are ready to be born they will release some prostaglandins into your own body and that helps to switch on the oxytocin hormone which then helps to start the surges and the contractions and as labor progresses the oxytocin will continue to be released to help your baby come into this world. So when you surround yourself with oxytocin it is a beautiful hormone and it's a love hormone that really makes you feel safe and relaxed and loved and ready to go. So the more that you can surround yourself in what I call a pink sparkly oxytocin bubble that is when you will release this amazing hormone and your labor and birth will continue beautifully. The other hormone once oxytocin is released is your amazing hormone endorphins, which jump on top of the hormones of, of called oxytocin and really help to prepare and comfort and release natural opiates and natural pain relief so that your body says, oh, I'll give you a hand with this labor and birth. So oxytocin and endorphins are best friends. And when you can relax and let these in and let them flow beautifully, they will help you with your labor. The one that we don't want too much of during labor especially is adrenaline, which is our stress hormone, our fight and flight hormone. And when women feel stressed or fearful, this will release. And unfortunately, this can often cancel out oxytocin. So when a woman isn't prepared properly and understand the process of labor and birth and what happens, and they become more stressed and fearful, then they will release adrenaline, which can slow down labor. So we want to make sure that reducing adrenaline, and most of this is with surrounding yourself with people that you love and that will support you and educating yourself on what to expect, then that will keep adrenaline low and encourage oxytocin, which will then help you with your labor and birth. They're my favorite ones. (laughs) 
Elsie, can you talk to us about any natural ways that we can bring on labor? There are so many old wives tales about spicy food or sex sure. or raspberry tea. Yes. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about, from your professional experience, sure. whether there are any natural ways that a full-term mother can then try to bring on labor naturally? Again, thinking back to hormones, relax. Relax and relax and avoid any stress making sure you're listening to people that tell you positive birth stories, uh, really giving you that chance to just let go. So reducing any adrenaline, fear or stress is number one. I feel that there, yes, there are lots of wives tales, um, a lot of, um, you know, I think trusting in the process and understanding your hormones can make a huge difference. Um, yes, there are some evidence-based, alternatives. What I find really works well is a lot of Western medicine. So a lot of acupressure, acupuncture, they work on energy within your body. So find um, really great therapists that can help release this, you know, relaxing hormone and also um, adrenaline yeah, and so Narelle, what about um, contractions? How do you know if you're having a Braxton Hicks contraction or you're in full throes labour? Yeah, so I always, as a midwife, if, if couples or a woman is calling to say, how do I know, I think I'm in labour, majority of times they're not in labour if they're thinking. You will know labour when it starts. And the main difference between Braxton Hicks, Braxton Hicks are like warm-ups. They are irregular in nature, they don't last very long. They might last 10, 15, 20 seconds. There is no pattern to them. So these are just all ways to help your body start to get ready for labor. But when labor does start, you will find that you may start with sort of um, lower back pain. You might start with some you know, low cramping around the lower abdomen, but that will increase and you might find that this becomes more regular. And then you can find, oh, I think there is a pattern starting. And this can take a lot of time. So Braxton Hicks are, are very irregular in nature. They are short and sharp and they are the warm up. When labor starts, you will know. So how do we know, um, if, if we're confident that we're in labor, how do we know when we should go to the hospital? Great question. So every woman is different with this. And again, this comes back to reducing fear, increasing education and trusting in your body. So I would always suggest you will know when you just don't feel safe at home anymore. And for women, that, that could be very different for everybody. So some women may feel a lot more relaxed if they get to the place where they're birthing. And some women feel the last place they want to be in that time is at the hospital. So again, trust in your, your own instincts. If you feel safe at home, that's great. Stay there as long as you can. You will know when you're thinking, uh-uh, I can't do this anymore here and call your place of birth, speak to your midwives and get in the car, stay, the, the journey to, to the hospital or the place of birth should be relaxing. Just understand and, and really dive into your own instincts of when you feel it's time to go to my place of birth. Labor is often referred to in stages. Can you talk to us um, about the different stages of labor? Sure. And again, going back to this, it's a very individual process with each woman. I think, you know, very, very basically, the first stage of labour 
is all about this amazing cervix and how it can help to shorten and dilate. Uh, and this can be very dependent on a woman's emotional state, the position that she's in, how she's coping. Um, that, so that is the first stage. It's looking at when it's the cervix is long and closed up to the point where it is pulled up the uterus pulls up the, the base of, of itself, which is a cervix, and helps the baby come down and be ready to be birthed. The second stage of labor is all about waiting for mama's own urge to feel like she needs to push. And this is an individual uh, experience. We have a, an ejection reflex in our bodies to, to say, okay, it's time to have this baby. So the second stage is looking at waiting for that, the actual feeling and that urge to push and the birth of your beautiful baby. And the third stage is looking at the birth of your amazing placenta. So once the baby is out, this is now looking at the closing down of the factory um, and then being able to really help to birth the placenta. So the timing of all these, these stages of labor is very, very different for each woman. Um, so be patient, uh, surround yourself with people that make you feel relaxed, release your amazing oxytocin and endorphins, reduce the fear, move around, change positions, trust in gravity, assume any position that you feel is comfortable for you and your labor progress will be often shorter if you follow these sort of guidelines. But yeah, every woman is different. Can you talk to us about partner support? So what can partners do um, you know, through the labor, as the labor progresses to really support the laboring mama? Okay, partners, most <laughs> importantly, I want you to learn about labor and birth and what to expect and all the variations. Because when I, in my experience, when I see partners that go, okay, Right, there's a fork in the road now. We didn't expect that. However, I still know how I can support my beautiful partner in her experience. That is key. Having confidence in your own ability. You know that your partner better than anybody. Talk about this before labor starts. Understand all the options for pain relief if required. Knowing that you can still have a lot of say in preparing the environment in the hospital or place of birth. Being that quiet presence, you don't need to be the coach like you see in the movies. You might just be able to just be that loving, quiet presence, eye contact, breathing with her, advoca advocacy. Uh, helping her to stay in her beautiful pink sparkly bubble and not make decisions that are um, using the part of her brain that we don't want her to use in labour and birth. We want her to stay focused and really relaxed. So advocacy. Um, also really a big one is knowing where to park at the hospital. That's huge. Bring in your own clothing, your own snacks. Uh, knowing when you might need a break as well and you know communicating the 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 plans and the um the wishes and the preferences that you've both discussed before with the care providers attend appointments during pregnancy uh, and just be involved and when you know more about the process of labor and how it may roll then you're not going to be so uh, stressed and you know partners and majority 
I would say being men, they want to fix things. But understanding that labor and women in labor are vulnerable and this is normal can really help to just chill you out, cool your jets, um, seek help from the midwives and care providers around you and just really stay focused and love love your your partner as hard as you possibly can and she will benefit from that fully. Oh, I love that. And also don't complain, fellas, you know, <laughs> or partners. If that yeah. chair is uncomfortable, trust me, having a baby is much worse. Um, so, Narelle, once the baby is born, it's often referred to as the golden hour. Can you talk to us about that? my favorite again um, so like Ina Maya Gaskin says she's an amazing midwife keep your prize ladies so babies are designed to be born onto mama's chests like every other mammal we want that too and um, really you know women may want to actually help birth their own children bringing this beautiful baby up onto your chest and having that time which is undisturbed, letting the baby breathe you in, taste you, um, listen to you, your voices, your partner, you, you both of you, you're finally getting to meet this darling. So keep that space um, as a place of privilege and a place of comfort for both mama and baby. Um, we don't need to, very rarely do we need to remove a baby from mama's chest after birth. And that would only be with regards to the health of that baby or health of mum. So keep your prize, let bubs um, just adapt to life on the outside in the presence of mama's space. So, uh, it, uh, you know, this is when also, you know, if, if baby wants to start breastfeeding, then watch for those cues. They are natural cues. There is no hurry. We don't need to weigh the baby straight away. We don't need to, um, you know, do anything to the baby in that first hour, like I said, unless it's urgent, but leave mum, baby, partner to just get to know each other in that first hour. Can you tell us a little bit, um, Narelle, about what baby looks like when they're born? Sure. Not like in the movies. They, are, <laughs> they don't come out like three months old. They are covered in amazing, beautiful, fantastic vernix most of the time, which is, I like to call it frosting. It's, it's their own beautiful moisturizer that they've had on the inside to help protect their skin. And it's generally white or a bit sort of off-white in color. They need to adapt to breathing on their own for the first time. And once the cord is cut and clamped, they're on their own with regards to circulation. So initially they can be more purple. They can be covered in um, vernix and blood um, and they look slimy and slippery. And yes, it's not what we see in the movies, but it's beautiful. And what we do um, is you'll find in that first minute to five minutes that they transition quite quickly because they're very clever. So they can change from this sort of dark purpley color to more pink by five minutes of age. So be prepared for um, the baby looking a little bit different to what you may think initially. But if you keep staring and you will keep staring at your amazing baby, they change quite quickly. After you give birth, women bleed for a while. Can you talk to us a little bit about this? Yeah. Sure, so this is really normal because again, the placenta has been an amazing part of um, you know, your pregnancy and also with regards to um, you know, feeding this amazing baby. So we need the uterus, the amazing womb to contract beautifully after birth and to birth the placenta. So afterwards, you know, there is that separation, which is often in blood loss. 
and this is vaginally. And then, you know, it takes time for the body to respond and recover from birth. So bleeding, initially that bright red bleeding might, might be there for the first 24, 48 hours after birth. Um, there may be more, or there may be less, and each woman and her experience with her labor, the type of birth she had can change the amount of bleeding that is. The midwives and care providers are all over that and managing that, of course, really well and closely. But then some women may find that by the time they leave the hospital, the, the blood loss has reduced. And this might take a week, two weeks. Um, it's really normal. And uh, you know, generally that bright red vaginal bleeding can start to change and reduce from 24, 48 hours to just that sort of less amount and darker in color over the coming sort of couple of weeks. If there is any bleeding that is continuing and you're not feeling well, mummers, seek, seek help from your care providers and just make sure that everything's okay. Fantastic, Narelle. Thank you so much for joining us today, talking all about the magic that is birth. A huge thanks to Mustella for sponsoring this episode. If you want a product that can protect your baby's skin against nappy rash, try Mustella's Vitamin Barrier Cream. Dermatologist and paediatrician tested, it soothes the skin from the first application and offers long-lasting protection that lasts until the next nappy change. Recommended by 98% of Aussie parents. Next up on the podcast, we will have Dr. Peter Jersevic talking all about pain relief options and the implications of their use. You've been listening to the Parents You've Got This podcast, the expert guide to parenthood. Never forget, parents, you've, you've got, got this. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended to support, not replace, a discussion with your doctor or healthcare professional. Parents You've Got This take no responsibility for any medical decisions made by individuals based on the information provided in this podcast. You've been listening to Parents You've Got This, the expert guide to parenthood. You've got this parenting gig. 